Welcome to Journey to the Rise, an interview podcast where we have our guests share their story on their path on how they define success. Journey to the Rise is brought to you by Girl Boss Productions. Often we see someone doing what we want to be doing and assume it was easy for them. What we do not see is the years of hard work that went into where they are today. Success doesn't come without sacrifice, losing sleep, the old saying of blood, sweat, and tears. I'm your host, Lucretia. On today's episode, we talk with Courtney Shand. She is a nutritionist and a relationship coach, and I love that she combines the two by calling herself a nutritionist, and we get into that a little bit. And I'm really looking forward to sharing her story in this conversation. I think so many of us struggle with relationships, wanting to be in a relationship, struggle with various things that go on in our own personal lives and what she's doing to help people find that breakthrough and be authentic with themselves is really magical and beautiful. So let's get started in our conversation with Courtney. And then we're live. How about that crazy go. business? Woot, woot. Here we go. So I'm very excited to have our guest today. She is filled with brilliant insight. She has this beautiful calm demeanor that has this electric energy that just kind of pulls you in. She's the kind of person that once you interact with her, you know you absolutely must be her friend. And it's such mm-hmm. an honor to have this woman on with us. And I'm looking forward to what we can all learn today in finding out how she came up with the term nourishingist. Courtney, health and happiness coach, fill us in on all the good things. How are you doing today? Oh, I am so beyond thrilled to be here, Lucretia. I love your energy is so fun to be around too. So I'm so honored by that introduction. And I would say the same back to you. You're very kind. You are very, very kind. So I just want to kind of like dive in with you. So where like let's just get into the beginning like where did you grow yeah. up well for those that don't know me my name's Courtney Shand uh, I am a Tennessee native I grew up in Chattanooga now live in Nashville and I I actually just love Tennessee it's I've traveled all over the place and this is just home home feels good um but growing up in Chattanooga I um lived with my family my happy little family Um, and that until I went to college really was my world. When I got to college, I thought I was going to be a nurse and I fainted in the first nursing lab called my Did you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was the driven, super ambitious, went in as a sophomore kind of kid and I got into nursing labs and I fainted and I was like devastated. Like, what am I going to do now? I didn't plan on not being able to handle blood. So Um, Fortunately, I was taking a nutrition Mm -hmm. class for my nursing um, curriculum at that time and just devouring the content. I would read all of my textbooks with the highlighters. I was just like going crazy. And until that point, I honestly didn't know that nutrition was a career path. Like you could be a lawyer, a doctor, a teacher, an engineer, or a civil servant. Like that was it in my mind. And so... That was that was a huge pivot point for me in my life of just getting clear on like, hey, this is actually something that I naturally like learning about and also am 
kind of gifted in and and it was sort of the synergy that kept me going in that path oh wow mm -hmm. that's fantastic yeah so where did you like what what was the environment like growing up like did you have like healthy family like good guidance good support like yeah, that's a great question my parents are amazing they're both in their own right really incredible people and it's been cool as an adult to kind of get to know them again um, they got divorced mm -hmm. when I moved to college and that was also very devastating for me because I like I said I kind of grew up in this little happy bubble um, very conservative home that kind of sheltered me in a lot of ways in good ways and also made this kind of more difficult for me to process I didn't have a lot of the skills and sure. um, capacity <laughs> to be with something that catastrophic in my world so um, I was kind of a big deal for me and um, like I said I'm close with both of my parents now and it's been interesting to get to know them as adult to adult and that's kind of been where I have learned a lot um, in mm -hmm. high school college even after college I was reading personal development and relationship books just because I was like I don't understand this like a what happened I, I, you know, I thought we were happy and like the perfect family and then to experience this huge upheaval in my inner world that just would not settle, kept me searching for like, what am I missing? Um, so simultaneously learning about nutrition as my, you know, day job, but really my personal kind of passion project was all of these relationship focused books, how to do them well, what skills you need, communication, boundaries, um, healthy family dynamics, mm -hmm. like what am I looking for here? Just really grappling with a lot of things in my early 20s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. So is this like, like mid college when this started to come down for you? Like when they said, hey, we're getting a divorce or like, were you fresh into school or where were you at in your college journey? Yeah, um, I was 19 when they got divorced. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, they had had some, we'd had some issues in like high school for me. I was like 15 and I started going to a counselor and, and that was really when I started reading all of the books. And then they got divorced when I was 19. Um, and I, at that point I had already kind of learned like what was what was going on, um, but yeah, mm -hmm. continuing in my own growth and development, kind of taking that on on my own. Wow. Yeah. So where were you going for college? Yeah. Were you far away from home or were you kind of close to home? Yeah, um, I went to Tennessee Tech, which is in Cookville. It's kind of in the middle of the state and it's about two hours oh my gosh, yeah. from Chattanooga, um, about an hour from Knoxville and Nashville on either side. It's a quaint little kind of agricultural community it was so pleasant and mm -hmm. so community focused and I love Cookville even to this day it just has such a warming presence I always tell people that go there like you're gonna be surrounded by the community if you feel comfortable here you'll be a-okay if this is not your vibe yeah don't don't worry about it <laughs> uh, find somewhere else right right they're um, cool with that too yeah, it's yeah. a great area. So at least you were like mm -hmm. close to home. It's not like you were states and states away dealing mm -hmm. with this very traumatic news that was mm -hmm. coming to you. Yeah. So that's at least 
almost a blessing in a way. Yeah. So, and what did, what made you choose um, Tennessee Tech? I mean, it's a fantastic yeah. school. Yeah. Um, well, funny enough, I, when I was looking at schools, I knew that I wanted one that was a little bit smaller and more intimate just because I'm not a big um, crowds person personally. Uh, never been that way. Mm -hmm. And um, my dad actually went to Tech. So he oh, was really? like, he never pushed it on me. It wasn't something he was like, go Tech. He just, um, he was like, have you ever thought about going to Tech? And I was like, oh, actually, let's go look at it. And then I got there that day, went on a tour, and I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And later on, when I was a tour guide, oh, I would I tell people that. that too. Like, you'll know when you're at home, when you're there, it will feel right. So, mm -hmm. and that was what mm -hmm. he always, I think both my parents kind of impressed that on me as well. Like, you'll know when you're where you're supposed to be. And they were very supportive in that process too. So... I love that. Yeah. And how yeah. are the classes for you? Like, did that, is, I mean, I've heard wonderful things about that, that school. Yeah. And is that what kind of, along with your own personal interests, kind of shape your journey? Yeah. Well, what I actually loved learning about most was because it's um, kind of farmland up there, we had a big agriculture department. And the School of Nutrition is housed within the agriculture school. And that gave me a lot of opportunities to explore not only like the medical route of nutrition that people think about, um, but it also gave me a lot of opportunities to get in the community, to participate in extension and 4-H and like community education. Oh, wow. We worked on the farm with the agriculture students and kind of farm to table the whole thing. So going into grad school oh with that background, I feel like I had a really solid understanding of what's available in the community, what it takes to kind of fund the, or bring in the community assets and really move things forward. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a unique experience in that way. I loved it. I loved all of the things that I learned. Like I said, I literally would go That's read my amazing. textbooks just because it was so fun for me, which is, Oh my gosh. Nerd alert. <laughs> I love nerds. Yeah. We need more nerds in I our know. world. I know. I loved it. I was super passionate so, about it. I just couldn't get enough information. So all the things they were throwing at me, I was like, yes, bring it on. I like this. So I love that. I And I think that speaks highly of the, the school because whenever I have run into someone who's gone to study there, they've they've always had something very similar mm -hmm. to say. Mm -hmm. And so clearly they're doing something very right. Yeah. Over yeah. There. So you, you have this amazing opportunity, this incredible experience in, in college, you graduate and then where were you? Yeah. Um, because I was still kind of in flux, the relationships at home were still feeling like tenuous for me. Uh, both my parents obviously loved me, but I, I just wanted to, you know, guy figure it out on my own. I just assumed that I was going to go on and be a registered dietitian and that I should get my master's. So I went to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville to get my master's um, in public health nutrition. And so I was pretty okay. caught up with that for a good two, two and a half years, um, kind of throwing myself into my studies. If you've ever had anything you didn't want to deal with, kind of have a little um, blinder on. I was very much involved with um, studying and um, trying to learn. Looking back, it was just a lot going on in that time of my life. But 
that was the next step for me. I got my uh, registered dietitian work out of the way, got licensed in that, um, and then I moved to Nashville because I was kind of wanting to get into some policy work, actually. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I... So how that interest yeah. come about? Well, going back to Tennessee Tech, I think I knew a lot about like what it would take to involve the community and I realized that I didn't love the idea of working um, with people in a hospital setting. I really wanted to be more proactive Mm. because nutrition is literally every cell in our body eats what we eat. So if we can get ahead of the disease process, there's a lot of room for preventive medicine. And for me, I was like, oh, let's get even further ahead of that and let's make it policy level um, and really steer the ship from from the front. So that's what I thought I was doing here. So I moved to Nashville and um, took a job in actually long-term care. Got started in long-term care. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I very quickly realized that was not my my jam either. Um, but I got a job mm-hmm. working as a wellness coach and that really was what I wanted to do. That was um, a really fun position to be in. Yeah. How did that opportunity come about Yeah, you? you know, I'm trying to even remember. It was probably just posted on a job board. And, um, mm-hmm. nope, I remember I went to a networking meeting and a girl uh, had worked there and I had seen that post and I was like, oh my gosh, you work there. I would love to get an interview. And she was like, oh, I'll set one up. And so they were fortunately hired. Okay. Yeah, they were hiring, and it was like working for Google. Like, we had ping pong tables and a lunchroom with healthy options and what? meditation rooms and yoga classes, and I was like, oh, sign me up. This is this is where I want to be. Um, a, yeah. a really great company to work for. And quickly realized that I was not great at working one-on-one with people. <laughs> <laughs> Really? So that all that to say, that's kind of what led me into more of the emotional side of things, because I had been very Mm -hmm. mentally trained of what to tell people, how to help people calculate what they need. And in my mind, they just needed to know more. Intuitively, I knew that people didn't really like the information's out there. People have Google. They're very smart. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't quite get to the bottom of why I wasn't able to really help them make changes. And that's what sent me on the process of understanding how to create behavior change with people. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. So you're in this, this transitional thought process. Where does the desire to become a relationship coach, to be this health and wellness and happiness coach come along Mm -hmm. to a point where you come up with your term nutritionist like how did that all evolve yeah um so i was really interested in i was having kind of my own mental breakdown if you will my dark night of the soul i can laugh about it now but it was a really um i don't know if this will resonate with you but i think that I've seen it often enough that it's a really common thing where people kind of outrun a a lot of emotion. Uh, they throw themselves into their work, into their career, into a relationship, and then things start to break down because they haven't dealt with that thing. Mm-hmm. For me, that was my parents' divorce. 
And I had gotten through grad school uh, from that fuel. I'd gotten into a, a job. I was really, you know, determined. That was never my problem. But then I started to realize that, like, relationships were really difficult for me. And I couldn't quite understand. I knew all of the things. I've been reading about this since I was 15. It's not that I didn't have the information. It was just really difficult to actually make connections that felt good for me. Um, mm-hmm. And... And I was noticing that the more that I was doing work with people in the wellness industry, the more I was challenged by having to connect with multiple people a day. It was very overwhelming for me. Um, And that's when I started getting into the emotional freedom technique or tapping, if you've ever heard of that. There's acupressure points on your body. Yeah. Um, So that was my first bout of it. I went and was trained in that process. And started applying some of the concepts that I had learned of how the psyche is developed and kind of what um, the root causes of things are. I was kind of introduced to the trauma world at that point um, and got into some story work and trauma work at that point, just kind of going into my own therapeutic journey to heal. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was when I started to share some of the things that I was personally learning with people that I was working with in my health coaching. They started to recognize like, oh, that's actually, that makes a lot of sense. And that was when I started to blend the two together. I was starting to see this bigger picture of it's not just information and it's not that you need more information. A lot of times it's like the application piece is where the ball gets dropped for most people. And the reason for that is there's things Mm -hmm. that are kind of like in the way for them that are blocking them from naturally moving forward on their own. Um, So once we started peeling those layers back, they naturally have this kind of impetus to move forward in the direction that feels authentic for them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's very insightful. Yeah. Like that's. Wow. Yeah. So that. So you're, you're working for this. No, yeah. go ahead. Well, sorry. I just feel like <laughs> I was talking a lot. So I wanted to pause no, for a second. Go, go. Yeah. No. Um, so I went to that training and then the relationship coaching training kind of presented itself about a year later. Um, I was uh, kind of fresh out of a relationship that didn't work. He was kind of moving on without me sort of thing. And I was like perplexed because in my mind I was doing all the right things. Um, I just didn't realize now looking back that I wasn't actually emotionally available for a relationship. I was doing the relationship, which felt really lopsided because I was investing in my mind Mm -hmm. and it wasn't, it wasn't playing out the way that I thought that it should. And so, um, I started reading some work on, uh, the energetics. I'd already been introduced to the energy body at that point and kind of the nervous system work at that point. And so I've found some information about relationships as it pertains to the nervous system. And that was super intriguing to me. It started to connect mm-hmm. to the dots of like, oh, it's not the information. It's not just the application. It's the the integration of the two that allows me to have this kind of like give and take this really um, intuitive experience as opposed to more calculated or um, feeling disappointed all the time. So I went on to be trained by that lady. Um, Her name was Rory Ray, and I went through her school, and it was honestly more intense Mm -hmm. than grad school. So I was quite surprised how 
how intensive the training is to become a relationship coach, like a certified relationship coach was pretty extensive in terms of training and mentoring and reading and all the things. Um, and that was when I was working with people in their weight loss journey and they were experiencing things that weren't necessarily so remember I said there were things kind of blocking people from moving forward. A lot of the things that I was seeing now that I was looking through this like relationship coach lens was the way that they were interacting with interpersonal relationships. And that was when I started working on applying the information I was learning as a dietitian and as a relationship coach to these really specific um, situations. When I would see that particular pattern come up, I was like, mm, here's the medicine. And it was working. And so that's when I started to realize, oh, so it's kind of this relationship that we're working with. We're not just working with knowledge and coming up with a game plan. It really is like the relationship with the thing. So that being said, we have relationship with everything. We're kind of how we're showing up to the table determines um, a lot of how in charge we feel, how empowered we feel, and the results that we get to experience. Sorry for the interruption here, but we just want to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Girl Boss Copywriter. Girl Boss Copywriter works to help you connect to your ideal clients. Find out more at girlbosscopywriter.com. And so as you're, you're coming into all this incredible knowledge, you're studying, that's crazy that it's more intense than getting like grad school. Yeah. Like I have not, I don't have a master's, but I have heard the horror stories of grad school. Yeah. So that says a lot about this person's training yeah. of, and what you, what, what there is to mm -hmm. learn. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think it's interesting. I love your website. And on your website, I think you confess something that we can all relate to well. And it, it, you say, I spent hours and thousands of dollars on years of counseling on why I couldn't love this person, me, that everyone said was so great and I never believed mm -hmm. them. And then I found Rory's work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So beyond just learning this information, like it, it sounds like it really helped you find some growth and healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was really the first time that I, because so much of the work that I do now is based on the nervous system and kind of the subconscious mind healing at a really deep level. It's beyond just conceptually understanding like, cool, I'm great. I get lots of feedback that I'm great. And yet I feel like from the inside of me at that time in my life, it was because of the things I was doing. That was what in my mind was mm -hmm. creating the feedback loop. So it keeps you on this hamster wheel of performing and doing and putting forth a lot of effort, which is going to drain you if you're wanting to be in relationship and you know that it requires a ton of effort to get any scrap of right. um, validation or love. And so what she did was basically just turn it on its head at that time of my life was to see myself in a more um, energetic way to flip the script of what if everyone's actually trying to give to you 
and all you have to do is to let it in. That's where the work comes in. And so that's where I started the relationship to food piece, the inner work. I've talked about the external, interpersonal things, but the relationship to food piece that I was really working on with people was the relationship to themselves. This inside out and outside in approach that when we can learn how to let more love in and embody what it feels mm -hmm. like to receive love, to receive nourishment, to receive emotional nourishment, that's when we actually start to thrive physically, emotionally, spiritually, and we allow our nervous system to relax and just let more and more of that in so that we get to be a fuller version of ourselves. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Mm, yeah. That's, that's something I think every person on the planet <laughs> yeah. could, could use. Yeah. That's phenomenal. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand your website because it's brilliant. Um, and you, I think you share some very relatable and enlightening statements Perfect. there. And you say along the lines of maybe you're tired of feeling behind in your love life or terrified of being hurt again and would rather stop dating all together. What struggles were you facing that inspired this enlightening breakthrough? Like clearly you've had, you know, you, you've shared some, but like that's that's I'm just yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got, got it. Um, so some a pattern that I see a lot of times is that especially as women, we are kind of conditioned to play the nice girl role. This good girl that is yeah. um, very conscientious, very pleasant to be around, very polished, very aware of what it takes to be attractive. Um, and yet that actually keeps her from getting what she needs emotionally. And so it's going to be consistently dissatisfying for a woman who's been in that type of conditioning to try to, to date. Because, again, she's going to be on that like performance treadmill and not seeing all these opportunities to just receive, which is going to be that feminine energy piece. It's going to feel very foreign and very um, scary to let that in because it requires you to be vulnerable. And that's actually what healthy relationships take is a level of vulnerability where you're saying, I'm consciously dropping my guard right now and allowing you to see me for me. And for most girls that I grew up with, at least, I'll just say that, um, there was a common pattern of being um, uh, rewarded more for being quiet, being polite, being gentle, um, all of these things that you think are going to get you get you the guy. Um, and all that does is it causes mm -hmm. you to betray yourself. You're kind of stepping outside of this body and not living in this inner world because we haven't really been taught what to do with all that that comes up in the meantime. Um, and so it's sort of foggy for a lot of women. So I got to the point where I was like, I don't even yeah. want to date. It's not that I think I'm not worth marrying. I've checked all the boxes. I just kind of feel almost like above, um, above that. Like it would be easier for me just to kick ass and take names and do it all myself than to try mm -hmm. to pull a man along. That was the relationship dynamic that I found myself in a lot was either needing to pull him along, go after him, um, do things for him, be overly 
accommodating and what we call it now is overfunctioning. I was like the classic overfunctioner, um, which was just leaving me wow. depleted. So that's kind of what I was saying in that yeah. statement. I think so many people can relate to that. Like it's mm-hmm. so many levels. And I think that's why we, um, I think because women don't love themselves and I'm just going to speak for myself. I'm not going to speak for other women because we don't love ourselves. We settle mm-hmm. and then we are over functioning is exactly mm-hmm. it. And then we become irritable and exhausted and we just were like, well, I guess this is just the best we can get or it's better than being mm-hmm. alone. And then we don't really get what we really, really want and deserve mm-hmm. from ourselves and a relationship. Yeah, exactly. And I love that you're willing to like share what you've learned to help mm-hmm. so many people. Like, yeah. What you're doing is brilliant. And I'm, I'm just, I love that you're here and sharing what you do because I, I think it's interesting if you watch Eat, Pray, Love in the very beginning, it talks about how this woman's friend you know, was asked to help all these refugees come in and just counsel them. And she's like, I don't, you know, they've been through all these horrible life events. How am I going to help them? And so many came in and they wanted to know about love. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, they were stripped of their homes. They were like, you know, all these horrible things, but they just, it's this common thing. And mm-hmm. if we, we don't love ourselves, you know, and I've learned this so much from you, um, following mm-hmm. you on Instagram. If we don't love ourselves, we don't have, if we're not filling that cup with love, we don't have enough to be able to give to others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so with you having these tools to share, oh my, I mean, you're changing mm-hmm. lives. I don't even know if you, you realize that the difference that you're making and the clients that you work with and people who are just watching you from afar, like you're making such wow. a difference. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you're, you're talking from a space where it's relatable. Like you, you, you're willing to be vulnerable and honest and talk about like, Hey, I didn't have the greatest of relationships in the past and I wasn't getting what I wanted. Cause I think what happens is we see someone who has that dreamy relationship and we're just like, Oh, it must be nice. Mm -hmm. Or, Oh, it just happened to come along Mm -hmm. when you're walking, breathing, living proof. It takes work Mm -hmm. and it's not just served to us on a platter. It's not just Cinderella where the prince shows up with a shoe Mm -hmm. and you hope that it fits. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Oh, such a great point because it is there's so many things that I hear women project other on other women oh it's because she's thin oh it's because she's pretty oh it's because she has the good job she has the nice shoes she has the connections you know like whatever it is that we feel insecure about we say like well if I had that a man would just fall in my lap too and the reality Mm -hmm. is that I work with powerful women that are even objectively beautiful and yet they don't experience that of themselves. There's this dissonance of how they see themselves when they look in the mirror and how other people really experience them. And so that's one of my favorite tools to work with people is to kind of flip the script of like, if you were looking at you, A, how would you feel? Would you feel connected to her? Would you feel intrigued by her? That's some deep work to sit with. 
And then like, what if, what if he was like magnetically drawn to you? Like he can't get enough of you. What would you be willing to share? Because mm-hmm. when you can come from that vibe, oh, wow. yeah. you are going to be more attractive. Men want to know what's inside. They want to know the part of you that's like calm and confident and willing to reveal your truth. That's a very attractive mm-hmm. quality. And, and when we're focused on what can I give him, what can I do, what do I need to say in order to please him, we have it backwards. We're not in a position to receive information that we intuitively need so that we can move forward in a way that's best for us and feel empowered by it. Yeah. And it's so clear, like, as you speak and like that you've done the work, you know, you, you have really healthy boundaries. You clearly have self-respect, you know, before we, we start recording and talk about how you were like, I need to take a self-care day and, and you, you have the, the kind of self-respect and confidence and yet you remain very human. And I, I absolutely, absolutely admire just, you have this calm, glowing essence of energy and like is that like is that self-work what inspired you to help others Mm. well thank you for that first of all that feels really sweet to hear um i i think what inspires me to help others is because it's still a struggle for me like Again, we can say that, oh, it's because she's got it figured out. She's got all the boundaries. I think the more that I discover about myself, the more capacity I have to help others. But I don't think that it's like a trickle down effect like I once thought it was. You have to have someone pour into you and you pour into someone else. Like, yeah, you do have to have something to pour from. But what I have realized since then is that it seems to be more... um, of a discovery process. Like the, the more expansive I can become, the more of the like corners of my inner world that I can explore, the less triggered I'm gonna be when you say, hey, I'm really struggling with taking time for self-care. I'm like, mm, yep, I get that. I was there last week too. And then we dissolve judgment. That's the healing is to see another human without judgment. So the more work that yes. I do to discover, like what am I resisting if I were to have a self-care day. Are there stories that are coming up that are making me feel compelled to keep going? Or, you know, like, what is it that's keeping me from taking care of this experience that I'm having? Once I can sit with that and take the charge out of it, yours isn't going to charge me either. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I can heal you with the work that I've done. Does that make sense? Wow. Yeah, that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what's beautiful about... And I think because you are... I think because you are so human and and openly able to say, like, I still have this work. Again, it makes you relatable to give the people who need your guidance the confidence, like, oh, this is the woman that I need to work with Mm -hmm. because she'll get it. She's not on this pedestal. And that's how I really admire how you are on social media. You don't put yourself on this pedestal like... I have this information for you, and if you follow it, all will fall in place. You're very calm in delivering your information, but you come from a very real place. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's drawing your clients and people in mm-hmm. to seek your help and services. Wow, thank you. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it is amazing when, um, in working with more of a, a nervous system type approach or an energetic approach when you, the healing that you can get just from someone else who's calm. And I do get that feedback a lot that I'm calm. <laughs> I'm calm, but it's because I practice that. Yeah. I practice calming a lot. I practice being with the parts that are really activated. And I always tell my clients, like, you need to practice the game you're going to play. You don't want to show up to the Olympics never having dribbled a soccer ball. Like, you got to practice. Right. And yeah. so you practice before the game. And so that that is the work. I think simply, that's the work. Doing it is a little bit difficult. And that's where I love being a guide. But I find that the more that I've trusted my own intuition, the more I'm able to trust that you know the right way for you. I'm here to offer some guidance, some things as I've seen it, as I've experienced it, you know, the step ahead of you, kind of what that process looks like and kind of what I went through for that. And I also leave room for the magic that you bring as a, I'm saying you, but my clients oh. bring um, as right. a yeah. healthy yeah. adult. And I think that's part of healing too, is starting to recalibrate what healthy relationship dynamics feel like. Um, feeling empowered by your mentor. I think that's so important. And and not knowing what a healthy relationship feels like, I think is more relatable to people than we realize because we don't always grow up in happy, healthy households. Mm -hmm. And we get into toxic work environments and that toxic work environment becomes a comfort mm -hmm. zone. And then you try to go into something healthy and it's just like you become on alert. Like, I don't know how to, to process this because this is normal mm -hmm. and healthy, but I'm used to toxic and unhealthy and so I love that because that you're helping people realize okay this may be where you came from but from practicing these steps in life you can get to a healthier more satisfying and free of anxiety lifestyle mm -hmm. that so many of us get wound up in and then you just go into life and you interact with someone and you're just like alert alert stranger danger I don't know what to do yeah yeah. And I just want to say your website makes me feel seen. <laughs> and I'm going to share this, um, this other part of your website. And you say, but what if instead of trying harder, you were able to see how wonderful you are right now? What if your current actions were not something to be fought, but could be lovingly redirected like a child learning something new i mean this is you know and, and you you continue on with a woman needs most when she's wanting to create a new outcome is to experience being accepted mm. like this is poetic to me like how do you think women react when they finally get to experience being accepted mm. i mean even just hearing you say it my whole body calms down like i'm curious for you when you think about moments where you've been just like seen and accepted for most women it go ahead yeah it when i have those moments of being seen and accepted it is this like abundance of happiness of joy mm -hmm. that like shimmers its way through my body and i want to cry because it's so foreign and i'm like oh my gosh mm -hmm. 
it's euphoric mm-hmm. and, and so yeah for for to women out there to feel seen for men out there who you know deserve who you also work with men in, in your coaching mm-hmm. it's just this amazing moment that i think it builds confidence and it's just made for me i'm like oh my gosh what just happened because yeah. i'm not used to that yeah yeah i would say that's a common response because we have gotten so kind of societally programmed to keep leaning forward and keep like, you know, what's the next thing? What do I need to be focused on next that to receive acceptance just for how we are right now? To me, it's the secret sauce. It's like what you need in order to take the next step. Otherwise, we're just kind of going on that um, uh, kind of the fumes of our emotional turmoil, kind of like my my grad school experience. I shared that because that was me kind of operating in fumes instead of just accepting what's happening and how I'm feeling and learning how to deal with that in the moment. My life could have turned out totally different. Who knows? But I don't regret any of those decisions that I made because I was doing the best that I could with the information I had in front of me. And yet what I teach and believe deeply is that when we are able to learn how to accept ourselves, we become available for acceptance outside as well. And we're no longer finding ourselves in situations, or rather they will feel foreign instead of familiar when we find ourselves in situations where we aren't accepted as who we are, when we're being asked mm-hmm. to change or mold yourself or um, you know, be quieter or prettier or whatever the thing is, the bar is, when we're around that, it's going to be a real turnoff. Like, you want me to do what? I wouldn't do that for myself. Why would I do that for you? Like, that's the new, that's the vibe. And when you're at that level, boundaries become a lot easier to set because then it's just like, swipe left. No, thank you. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I love how you say about that you didn't regret because of you made the decisions with the information you had. And I think if we could all be more kind to ourselves and not beat ourselves up, I know I beat myself up a lot, but if we could not beat ourselves up because of a decision we made when maybe we didn't have the information, but we did the best we could in that moment, I think as you're presenting through everything you do, if we're kinder to ourselves, I think it makes it easier to manage life in other circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's easy to hold, you know, 15 years ago version of me to the standard of knowledge that current me has when I didn't have access to all of this knowledge that I've gained in the last 15 years at that time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I also love on your website and because I think it's so relatable, like that's a beautiful thing about your website and draws me in is mm-hmm. because it is so relatable for so, it, but I'll just go to it. It says, what I know to be true is when a woman is soft and relaxed mentally and physically, men feel drawn to her. They've always noticed her, but she was never able to experience them because her anxiety was acting like an electric fence never allowing them to engage with her. Yeah. I just absolutely love this because I think it's so true. Like we become combative 
and so then we you know we want something but then we like push it away and Uh i love how you said it's like an electric fence yeah i think that's so so incredibly accurate yeah you know it's funny even hearing you read that back to me i'm like it it is so true because i think for the experience of the woman on the inside she'll think that it's because she um it's because of her insecurity, like whatever her go-to insecurity is. And the reality is, is that it's men notice her. She's not aware that they notice her. Like she's the only one suffering from this insecurity. They're like, oh, that, that doesn't bother me. I find that really attractive actually. And she'll be like, no, I can't. Um, and keep people at arm's length because it is so dysregulating for her to have to sit with What if this insecurity was actually my biggest asset? And that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. On our next episode, you can expect to hear. Where is enough? You know, like at what point will you allow yourself to be happy? And at what point will you start to turn towards yourself with compassion and love? Thank you again for listening. I look forward to having you join us again next week on Journey to the Rise. This episode is edited and produced by Girl Boss Productions.